Well, let me do something that I forgot in the first service. Um, we want to pray for our teachers and for our administrators and all the support staff. Many of them will be going back to school tomorrow. Not all of them, but some of them, the majority of them. Uh, we'll be going back. And so if you are a teacher or support staff, administrator, uh, I know you hate this, but would you stand? Please stand. Come on. There's plenty. All right. There they are. Let's give them a hand. All right. I would just like to lead us in a word of prayer. Uh, for our teachers, for our staff, support staff. Um, if, you, if, if you've been married to a teacher, you'll know some of what I'm going to say, but if you've never been uh, associated with a teacher, uh, all the hours they put in uh, preparing, getting ready, um, putting their rooms together, you know, their rooms don't come together like you see them on preview day or whatever. Uh, many times it's a room with four walls and a few chairs and desks, and that's about it. Uh, and they have to make it. That's why they get upset when the electrician comes in a day before school starts and moves their tables to change the light bulb. They're like, look, I just put that there, you know, and um, uh, the things. And then the requests that are made on our teachers from parents, from students, from administration, uh, our support staff. Uh, th- there's a lot of things upon them. And, uh, uh, and then also the majority of them have families. Uh, and they have to run their family and then do all this as well. And so uh, join me as I lead us in a word of prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we come today lifting up our teachers and administrators. Lord, we just thank you for them. Lord, we are blessed in our county with so many of our teachers who know you as Lord and Savior. Lord, we pray for all of our teachers, Lord, that this upcoming year with its challenges, Lord, that uh, they would see, um, Lord, that they would see you or they would see you maybe in another teacher as a testimony of how you can help them in whatever situation they're in. Lord, we pray for the te- our teachers and administrators and Support staff, Lord, because of the so many demands that have been placed or will be placed upon them. Uh, Lord, we just ask that you would just guide them this coming year. We do pray, Lord, for safety. And Lord, we just ask that you would just bless them uh, in, a, in a mighty way. In your son's name, amen. I also want to say, uh, Jennifer, glad to have you back. Anything you want to say this morning? Nope. Nope. Where's your skirt? You left it in Africa? I asked her if you didn't hear me. I asked her where her skirt was because over there you have to wear skirts. Well, Jennifer's not a fan of skirts. So she left them in Africa. That does not surprise me. They'll get a lot more use. Yes. 
Yes, we are glad to have Jennifer back, and we will set up a time for her to share, and we'll announce that ahead of time. Uh, she had a, not speaking for her, but just from what I saw, um, I've been saying it's a trip of a lifetime, and I'm so glad uh, that she was willing to go. That's a big step, isn't it, Jennifer? Big step, willing to go, and uh, flying over there. She had one difficulty after another. Got all, yeah, she'll tell you about all that. But she persevered, and uh, she was blessed. Did you bring any of those babies home? I had several people lined up. I mean, they were ready, especially those twins. Yes, yes. But uh, uh, we're grateful that Jennifer's home, and uh, especially these trips that are through uh, uh, Florida Baptist Children's Home, These many of these trips... Uh, they're not all Uganda. There's different ones. Uh, but these trips are set up that you can go as an individual and join others that are going with this trip. Um, uh, and they're on the One More Child website. You can see these trips. And, and uh, you know, if the Lord leads you to one of them, I would encourage you. You can talk to me. You can talk to Preston, Tara, Jennifer. Uh, wonderful opportunities. Wonderful opportunities. All right, well, this morning, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Colossians, the book of Colossians, chapter 2, and I'd like to read verses 9 through 15 of Colossians, chapter 2. Always in life, there is some heresy, something that is happening that is challenging maybe your belief in God, maybe your convictions. Something that is challenging that. And what we find in the second chapter of Colossians is where, again, very much what I've just said, is that people are challenging uh, their convictions in Christ. And we find that Paul here is writing this letter to them. And so look with me in Colossians chapter 2. And you might want to hold your Bible to this passage because we'll refer to it several times but uh, several times in the message. And so Colossians chapter 2, beginning with verse 9. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ, and you have been filled by Him, who is the head over every ruler and authority. You were also circumcised in Him with a circumcision not done with hands, but putting off the body of flesh and the circumcision of Christ, when you were buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead, and when you were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him and forgave us all our trespasses. He erased the certificate of debt with it obligations that were against us and opposed to us and has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them in him. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you would guide us this morning as we look at your word. Lord, may we see how you have provided for us, through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, guide us today. 
May our hearts be open. We ask this in your son's name. Amen. This morning as we look at this passage of scripture, I want to talk about completeness or how to be complete in Christ. How Christ brings that completeness that we so desire. And verse 10, as your passage says, and especially those of you that have the King James, it says, ye are completed in him. We are completed in the King James, if you use that word, completed in him. When we fully have, when we have Jesus Christ in our lives, he is the one that completes us. In the translation that, that I read, it uses the phrase, and you have been filled by him, have been filled by Jesus Christ. And so this morning, as we look at this passage of Scripture and think about how Christ completes us, I also was thinking about the storehouses of God. How God's storehouse. Now, remember back when the, I call them the box stores or the, what's the other word I'm looking for? Uh, Well, let me just go this way. When the Sam stores and the uh, Costco stores first opened. Big box stores. Okay, the big box stores. Remember when you first went in those stores? It probably, you looked and you saw all this stuff and it seemed like it went on and on and on. And you wonder how you were going to pay for all that. It, it seemed big. Now we go into big box stores and we what? We've gotten accustomed to it, right? We've gotten accustomed to it. One of the things I remember as a young person, as a teenager, there was a, an occasion that I had to drive my mother to the wharf where my dad was working. My dad was a longshoreman. Uh, He was a superintendent uh, to load ships there in the port of New Orleans. And so uh, he was at a wharf that I I knew where it was at and uh, uh, had a pretty good idea how to get there. And uh, so we took off and we went there. And so we linked up with my dad and really, to my knowledge at that time as a teenager, it was my first time to, to see the wharf, that particular wharf especially, uh, of all the goods that were in there, all the things that were going on the ship. And, and this was days before containerized stuff. And, you know, it was in bags or boxes and all of it had to be forklifted up and cranes from the ship, take it in. And, you know, it, and you can imagine it was busy, it was noisy, it was dirty, it was, uh, you know, all these things. And it, but it, at the same token, it was, it was big, as I remember as a teenager. Can you just think with me? I don't even know if we can comprehend God's storehouse. God's storehouse. It, to me, I can almost cannot even think of that. And, and you might say, well, Preacher, why are you, you, you're pondering that? I, I, it, it is beyond our comprehension, but just think what God has in that storehouse. And here's the next thing. It is things he wants to give us. He doesn't just collect things in his storehouse like Baptists do. You know, uh, they, 
God has these things in his storehouse to, to give out, to, to pass on, to help believers in their walk. And he freely gives of his storehouse. The items maybe are not packs of grain, but wisdom and other mercy and other items that he has in his storehouse and how he wants to give them to us and how we should be eagerly wanting and desiring and saying, Lord, I want to learn more about you. Lord, show me. Give me a glimpse. Show me what is in your storehouse. And what Christ, what God is doing through his son, Jesus Christ, is that he wants to complete us. He wants to give us the things we need to bring us about so that we would have everything. The other day I was shopping for pancake mix. I just thought there were one kind. But you know, there's, you know, I I won't go through the different brands, but I finally went with the one, Preston, that said complete. I said, okay, it's got everything in it. I don't have to go hunt down this and I don't have to go hunt down that. It's complete. It's got everything in it. And a lot of times we're like that. We say, hey, I want everything in it. Well, what about Christ? Do we just want something? Sometimes we call it, well, all I want is my fire insurance. All I want is I don't want to burn up in hell. But you know, Christ is much more. And and why not be complete? Why not receive all? That he wants to give us. And in the verses that we read this morning, I believe, obtain how to complete this, this, this completeness in our life. How to obtain it. And one of the first things, if you look in verse 13 that we looked just a moment ago in Colossians 2, it says, And when you were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him and forgave us all our trespasses. What is trespasses? Sins. Guys, maybe women, when you're out in the woods and you come across this sign that says no trespassing. (laughs) What does that say to you? Get yourself in trouble. Not everybody looks at it that way. It's like, be careful. Do what? Don't get caught. Don't let them find you. But they won't know. Trespasses. When we look at that word and we think about that word, what about our trespasses? And I'm not talking about when we're on land that it's not ours. What about our trespasses against God? Now, if you had a ledger, ledger, ledger sheet, and every time you did one of those trespasses, you did something against God, a mark would come up. Okay, maybe it's more than one mark. I don't know. But, you know, a mark would come up. But eventually, some accountant would total up all those trespasses and say, you know, you got 743 trespasses. What are you going to do about it? Well, what can you do about it? 
You say, well, I'm going to do better. Next year, I'm trying for 741 instead of 742. You know, what are you going to do with those trespasses? You know, now, we've learned a lot of nifty things. You know, if you're a computer expert, not an expert, but if you use computer programs, and if you use Excel, Excel is wonderful. You can go up there at the top of that column where it says trespasses and go up there, click a button, say hide. And you know what? It'll hide it. You won't see it. It's hidden. But is it gone? You know? Is it gone? You know, it's gone in the sense of that visible, but when you're tallying everything up, you got to go, well, you know, something's off here. You know, we all have trespassed against God, haven't we? And so one of the first things here, you look in verse 13, it says, and when you were dead in trespasses, in other words, you were guilty. You did it. Okay. How did he make you alive? He made you alive with him and forgave us all our trespasses. In other words, did he, what did he do? He forgave you. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but has he forgiven you? You say, well, I don't know. Have you asked for forgiveness? You see, one of the first things that we need to, if we're going to be complete in Christ, is that we need to be forgiven. And to be forgiven, we need to ask him to forgive us. And we need to be honest with him. In the King James, it uses the word imputing their transgressions. What Basically, what that means is not counting, gone, not there anymore. Okay? And so we need to be forgiven. The second thing we need to see is that those things that have been written, our transgressions, those things that have been written against us have been canceled. Have been canceled. They've been, what did the scripture say? Blotted out. Look at verse 14 of Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. It said, He erased. The certificate of debt. This is what Paul is, is telling the, the, the people at Colossae, the believers. He said, remember, Jesus erased the certificate of death with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us, and it's taken it away. But then look at the verse. In my translation, it says he took it away by nailing it to the cross of Jesus. You see, when our sins are put upon that cross, just like Jesus, they are taken, they are removed, they are no more. And this morning, to reach that completeness, we need to see all those things that have been written about us. What has been written about you? You ever, have you ever Googled yourself? I know some of you go, what did he just say? going on the internet, put in your name. You might be surprised what comes. You might be surprised what comes up. But some of us, some things might come up, and it might be things we're not that proud of. Now, the internet has been, we've said of the internet that if it gets on the internet or gets on certain it will be there forever. You know, sins stay along, stay around a long time. 
And that's why we need to see that we need to be forgiven. And second, we need to allow Jesus Christ to take those things that we can't erase by ourselves and allow him to erase them. And I want you to know, as you look around in this building this morning, there are many of us, by God's grace, he has taken that and erased it. And it is no longer. Because if, it, if he hadn't, our list would be long. Okay? Every one of us. It would be long. But he erased it. This morning, you can have completeness in Christ by asking him to your life, into your life, and... and into your life, and allow him to erase those trespasses. Now, go back with me to verse 12 of Colossians chapter 2. In verse 12, it says, When you were buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised, you were also raised with him through the faith and working of God who raised him from the dead. Guys, we are being buried with him. We are being buried with our Lord. Now, that's a good thing. We are being buried with him, buried with him in baptism. Uh, Paul is just reminding us the cross should be to us the death of our self-life. The death on the cross should, for us should represent our self-life, dying of self. Maybe you've heard that in allowing the desires of Christ to reign in our life. So we need to be buried with him, but we also need to be raised with him. When I say raised with him, you know, it's talking about, yes, we have been in the lowest pit, maybe of our sins, but Christ has forgiven us, and we too can rise again. Not because of us, but because of him. We don't have to stay in the pit. But how many people today feel like, well, I'm not worthy? There's no way that I can lift my head up. Well, you can lift your head up in the name of Jesus because he has forgiven you of your sins. Let me tell you, we would all be walking with low heads hanging if it wasn't for that. We are able and we have been raised up because of what Jesus has done. In Romans, let's see, I got this mixed up this morning. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, The Christian life, then, is a life hid with Christ in God, a life whose birth is from above, a life that is the life eternal, for he hath begotten us again into a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We need to see how he has lifted us up. I know some days are hard to lift our heads up. But because of Jesus, we can. We also need to to be reminded in Romans chapter 6, verse 13, where it says, And do not offer any parts of it to sin as weapons of unrighteousness, but as those who are alive from the dead, offer yourself to God. And all the parts of yourself to God as weapons for righteousness. You know, think about that. Of offering ourselves to God. You say, well, I'm not much. Let me tell you. If we offer ourselves to God, God will use them in a mighty way. Be careful. 
Be careful. You should look at this verse in Romans. And you might want to write it down. Romans 6.13. Look at it. Look at it later. If we're not careful. We will allow parts of ourselves to be used. As sin weapons. In other words. To tear people down. We have seen. Unfortunately with social media. How some people use it. To tear other people down. To, to, to just. You know. No love, no mercy, just to inflict pain. But God is saying, offer yourself to God and all of your parts. Let me, you know, kind of like all of our pieces and parts and get it all together and give it to God. And allow him to use it. Then look with me in verse 15. In Colossians chapter 2, go down to verse 15. It says, he... Talking about God. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them in him. The last thing is we think of the completeness in Jesus Christ. One of the things that will bring completeness is by having our enemies conquered by the name of Jesus Christ. In this passage of scripture, it reminds us and tells us how he disarms the rulers and the authorities and disgraced them publicly. Sometimes I know we see some of these rulers and some of these kings and some of these officials who have blatantly taken people's lives, who have blatantly robbed their countries of hundreds of thousands of dollars and more. But let me tell you, there's a day of reckoning. And they will not skip by. There's a day of reckoning for all of us. But if you think of our enemies, a lot of times in our life we think, well, preacher, I've been fighting this enemy for, for a long time. I'm getting to know it. Are we supposed to be fighting it? Or should we allow God to fight it? By having our enemies conquered by Him, is there an enemy so big that God cannot conquer? And there's not. All power is given unto him. Talking about our Lord. All power. All power has been given to him. We sing the phrase, he is able to deliver thee. He is able to deliver thee. He is able. That means he's able to destroy any enemy that is against you. Any enemy. And giving your life to him allows him to fight for you. We need to see what's around us. In Romans 8, 37, 38, and 39, it says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors. Verse 38, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's what? Greater is he. Greater is he that is for us. He is greater. He is greater. I'm reminded of that hymn. He is able to deliver thee 
Though by sin oppressed, go to him for rest. Our God is able to deliver us. Let's not forget that. Satan's sure not going to tell you that. But our God is. This morning, the more we allow Christ to come in our life and to give us that completeness when we realize that we need him in every aspect of our lives, every piece, part that there is, he brings a completeness that we need in our lives. Don't leave out the most important part. Allow God to complete you through his son, Jesus Christ. And that is my prayer. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word today. Lord, it is so powerful. Lord, I pray that we would see, even years ago, there were early believers that were questioning or having their faith tested or wondering if they were on the right path. Lord, may we see that we can be complete in you. And Lord, I pray today that we would go about receiving you and allowing that completeness to take place. Lord, it's ongoing. We should never stop allowing that completeness to take effect. Lord, we just thank you in your son's name.